uh, the, the ravages of the financial sector cleanup. Up to the point where we talk about even businesses lost a lot of money, even in the COVID-19 uh, era, where businesses had to shut down, and many businesses haven't recovered from that sector. Then interest rates increment, then high levels of inflation, then the issue of depreciation of the currency, where... Good that we say, I, I said, uh, what is going to happen? And we did ourselves to see what they are going to do about it. Because we have done a lot of analysis and realize that it's going to happen. And no matter what, it's going to happen. It's one of the things, the bitter things that we have to choose so that we can move on. And, so it's going to come. And, and for you, 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 you think that when these things are implemented, listen, you're really going to pay high prices at the pumps? It is. It will be higher. And obviously, you don't expect us to maintain our margin rates. Our margins also go in tandem with the, uh, the exchange rates and also the interest rate as it goes on. Because obviously, we are investing. And if we, if, we, if we don't do anything, not only to do what are we going to make? We are not going to make anything. We will not be there for even the floor to come. So obviously, we have to streamline this kind of thing. And we have done our calculations. And it's going to be more competitive. Mr. Jumandia, the, the, the flip side of yes. all these proposals also has to do with the stability of the Ghana city. Over the oh, past one, I'm, I, mean, I mean, I'm just saying that... But you agree with me is that not that we just implement the Ghana city stabilizers. No. It will take a long while. And the other things have to be done. So obviously... At that short term, we are going to have, we are going to suffer for it. And that would be something that we are not going to sit down and say that we are waiting for something. No, I mean, we need to be realistic. We want to have a realistic view of how, how the market is doing, the price will be, and we will go along with it. Well, uh, Talo Oil has kick-started oil production from its $1 billion Jubilee Southeast subsea project offshore Ghana. The company has confirmed the development along with its partners, U.S.-based Cosmos Energy, state-owned Ghana National Petroleum Corporation, South Africa's Petro SA, and privately-owned Jubilee Oil Holdings. Now, this will help sustain uh, gross Jubilee production, uh, over 100,000 barrels of oil equivalent per day. Here's more in this report. Talo Oil, in its trading statement, maintained that the Jubilee Southeast project, which is expected to start soon, will help turn its fortunes in the coming months. This is because the new wells that are coming on board will also help increase the daily production from the Jubilee field to more than 100,000 barrels a day before the end of this year. Talo Oil now pegs average daily production on the Jubilee field at around 28,000 barrels, but is projecting significant increase in the coming months. Um, as you are aware, we have and our partners have, uh, have been invested in Jubilee since 2007 and are proud to call ourselves the operator of this wonderful field. Over the years, Jubilee and its partners have invested over $17 billion in the Jubilee field, and that's delivered value not just to us, but most prominently to the nation of Ghana uh, in the form of uh, taxes, royalties, and oil entitlements, we estimate that value that is yielded to the country from the de development of the Jubilee field that is production to exceed $6 billion. The oil exploration giant disclosed that 
These developments will commence before the end of this year with three producers and one water injector. Talu has also assured that together with its partners, they will be embarking on more drilling in the Jubilee area, adding that they have identified more drilling areas. One of the financial side, Talu Oil Numbers, also showed that it is indeed on that recovery path in terms of profits and revenue, as it has also taken steps to deal with recent debts on its books. Well, we've got a reaction from energy strategist and CEO of Eureka and energy consultancy firm, Dr. Yusuf Suleimana, who describes this development as a win-win for both Ghana and Talo Oil. Talo assets in Ghana have been their cash cow, and they haven't uh, uh, shy away from that. If you look at the kind of investment that and it's a very good thing for the nation Ghana. I mean, in the era where we have capital discipline in seeing in the oil and gas industry, and a player is still ready to, I mean, inject uh, some substantial amount, say a billion dollar within a decade, into your fields. I think that's that's crucial and that's commendable. Uh, but that's a win-win situation. Uh, of course, like I mentioned, Ghana assets have been Talos cash cow. If you look at the the other asset that Talo holds in other jurisdictions. Ghana has been their lead asset. And so it's only, it's, 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 it's only normal and crucial that they, I mean they, they are deliberate in whatever investment that they are doing in Ghana. Yeah. So, and if you look at over the years, a lot of things confronted uh, Talo in a way that that has impeded their ability to ramp up their production. Um, what comes to mind uh, is the gas handling issues, if you quite remember. And in the upstream business, if you're unable to handle the gas, it impacts your ability to churn out more oil, especially if you have the reservoir that is associated, that lets the gas and oil mix together. And I think most of our fields that Talo handles, they are, some of them are associated. And so that impacted them so much. So if they are to shut down and, and the plan is to improve the gas recovering capability to minimize flaring. I think that's the way to go. And also the fact that, I mean, the plan to maintain the production plateau of about 100,000 in gross production within the period, that's also very commendable. Um, and I think it's only, it's, 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 it's only good that, I mean, uh, we have such a partner to partner with Ghana to champion our production portfolio. Well, we had uh, Dr. Suleiman speak there about gas flaring, while Talo says it's close to securing an agreement with the government on a development plan for the 10 fields to enhance gas handling and reduce flaring. Uh, he's been reacting to that, to Take a listen. I think what is also crucial is the fact that in terms of this gas handling capability, uh, remember, we have climate change that is hovering around, and flaring is something that uh, climate activists or donors who are interested in investing in oil and gas will not have it easy to do. And so if Tal is to go out to capital market, they will have to look at their their carbon footprint, what plans they have in place. So all this is in a way to support their ability to source for funds in a way that if they go to capital market, um, they may ask them what are your carbon capture or what are your carbon you know reduction strategies. And reducing flaring is one in the upstream business is key, you know, especially in this era where we have 
competing investment in the world of hydrocarbon and uh, that of renewables. Yes, hydrocarbon will come to stay, uh, but the only challenge is sourcing capital. Um, um, you, will, you will be confronted with questions such as your, 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 your carbon sinking techniques. And minimally flaring to the atmosphere is, is one. I mean, having strategies to minimize flaring to the atmosphere is, one, is, one, is, is key you know, uh, to your business survival in this afternoon business in, at this moment point in time, at this point in time. So yes, if the shutdown is to improve their gas handling capability, that's an excellent way to go. All right, let's switch to a Greek now. And stakeholders in that sector have called for a concerted effort to bring together all players in the value chain to help create employment for the youth. According to them, access to cheap funding and tax waivers on imported farm inputs are critical for the survival of agribusiness. They have been speaking on Joy Business Social ahead of the 2023 media budget. Here's more in this report. The agricultural sector has been touted as one with the potential to deliver Ghana's economic freedom. Unfortunately, the sector, which grew by 4.8% in the first quarter of 2023, has been one of the highest contributors to the country's skyrocketing inflation rate in recent times. Many say the sector has been paid lip service by successive governments and not much investment has been committed to ensure the needed growth. Ahead of the 2023 mid-year budget review, Edward Karoué, the General Secretary of the General Agricultural Workers Union, GAWU, called on government to introduce policies which will develop the agri-value chain. One area that government can seriously intervene is about uh, looking at policy, a cluster of policies that will work to support agricultural production and create market for uh, uh, agricultural produce. The other cluster of policies will be uh, to get uh, uh, creditors to appreciate and ready to give credit to farmers by uh, appreciating that after production, you know, there will be market for the, the produce. On ensuring cheaper farm produce, Dr. Charles Nyaba, the executive director of the Peasant Farmers Association, urged government to implement tax waivers on imported agro inputs, which will encourage mechanized farming and reduce the production cost for farmers. Agro inputs used to benefit some kind of a tax waivers. And recently, all those waivers have been taken up, leading to increase in cost of all those uh, inputs. As we speak, we have people who have their produce and the pot. They are not able to clear them because of a uh, cost of duties alone, which we think it shouldn't be the case. And it's mm. an area that we will be interested uh, for the new minister to look at. Now we cannot even import tractors, we cannot import harvesters because the cost is so high when you bring it to clear it from the program. The CEO of the Aquaculture Chamber of Ghana, Jacob Azika, called for the establishment of an aquaculture fund to provide cheaper funding for fish farmers. What we expect from government is implement the Ghana National Aquaculture Development Plan for the year 2023-2027, which as an industry we've made good inputs, you know, which is captured in there. We've proposed for the establishment of the Aquaculture Development Fund is there introduction of the agriculture insurance, providing some tax exemptions, um, increasing the investment to the agriculture space. In fact, those are brilliant points captured in the plan. 
these plans are implemented, I can assure you that we can achieve that production target set by the Ministry of Fisheries and Agriculture Development. Fingers are crossed as many wait to see policies which will unearth the full potential of the agricultural sector. Well, expectations from the agric sector head of the media uh, budget presentation. We want to stick with agric, uh, this time talk about fish production. And the reason for which we are talking about this is because of the latest inflation figures released by the Ghana Statistical Service, which, uh, as you know by now, uh, has seen an increase of 42.5% uh, based on uh, data gathered in the month of June. Now, here's the catch. Fish uh, products have gone up by 60% year-on-year. If you take a look at the uh, increase from May to June, that's at 1.9%. We want to understand what's happening with fish production here in the country, what's contributing to this escalating prices, and uh, what can be done. Uh, One of the uh, people you saw in that report, Jacob Ajika, joins us on Zoom. He's chief executive of the Aquaculture Chamber. Uh, good afternoon to you. Thanks for uh, agreeing to speak with us. So, uh, I mean, you are in the industry, you do aquaculture, but generally, what's, what are the challenges with uh, fish farming and why are we seeing these escalating prices? Well, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Um, I'm not really surprised that fish prices are going up because um, at the moment, it appears we have an um, demand-proof inflation. If you look at the scenario we have at the moment, you know we have the closed season that is ongoing at the moment. And in Ghana, our main sources of fish are three sources. We have the, the marine source, inland, and the aquaculture um, source. And the marine side contributes the largest you know, volume of fish that we consume in Ghana. And as the close season is going on, it means we have less quantity available on the market for consumers. So definitely we should expect um, prices of fish products to go up in um, June and July and maybe August as well until the close season is over. And if you look at this, the alternative is aquaculture. And unfortunately for the aquaculture sector, more work needs to be done in the aquaculture sector because it is the alternative, but we are not investing a lot into this sector. As you are aware, um, this is a sector that is um, getting less attention, let me put it this way, when compared to the attention that is given to the fisheries sector. You know, with the fisheries sector, they, I mean, they enjoy a lot of subsidies or incentives. Unfortunately, for the aquaculture sector, we are not seeing this. So as a result of that, the volume of fish that should be coming from the aquaculture sector is not that... Um, great as we expect. So this is the situation at the moment. The way forward is for the government to increase investments into the aquaculture sector. You know, we need some good investment in infrastructure and um, investment into research, investment into new breeding programs. If you are able to do this trade, I can assure you that the quantity of fish that is produced from the aquaculture sector will go up drastically. Uh, how significant? Because we have one of the best ecosystems at the moment. Yeah. What we need to do is to harness the opportunities that exist. 
Now, I wanted to find out how significantly, I, I wanted to find out how significantly uh, production could increase if there's invest, uh, much investment in um, aquaculture and, again, how significantly that could impact on pricing. Yes. You know, as of 2021, we Oopsie, uh, looks like uh, Jacob Ajika is frozen there, but we're just trying to understand why prices of fish products have gone up uh, year on year, uh, like I indicated, 60% from the previous year. Uh, if you compare the increase from the previous month of May uh, to June, it's 1.9%. Uh, hopefully, we'll get uh, Jacob back on uh, to talk about this, but... Uh, we move on to other news stories for you this afternoon. Minister of Trade and Industry Katie Hammond has assured that concerns of tax waivers and challenges in securing government support for the One District, One Factory project will be addressed soon. According to him, the President has taxed a team in Parliament to deal with the challenge which has become a hindrance to the industrialization policy. Mr. Hammond pledged that the tax components of the program will be reviewed. Well, one of the facilities that uh, we provide under the 1D1F uh, um, program is to ensure that uh, companies are provided with uh, exemptions uh, from uh, various taxations, um, uh, waivers, and, uh, and, and the lot. Uh, in the last couple of years, uh, there have been uh, considerable challenges uh, in the parliament uh, as to this particular process of uh, granting the, the exemptions. We're working on it. The president taxed myself and the uh, Minister for Parliamentary Affairs, uh, leader of the House, uh, um, to make sure that uh, this master is completely stre- uh, uh, streamlined. We intend to see the speaker about it. and. Uh, I uh, hope that will make uh, some progress. Not only this, there's uh, quite a few of them uh, which are all uh, uh, choked up in, in the system. We will we'll hope to, to get them sorted out. All right, uh, you're watching the marketplace. We want to head back uh, to Jacob Ajika. He's joined us again. Uh, thank, hopefully, uh, we'll have a smooth conversation this time. Um, so we were talking about how significantly uh, investments in the aquaculture industry would impact on uh, production and pricing. Jacob? Can you hear me? Okay, obviously he's frozen there. So uh, we'll do this next story, which also has to do with uh, One District, One Factory Initiative. Deputy Minister of Trade and Industry, Michael Chibafi, says the ministry, through the Rural Enterprises Program, is focused on reducing the burden of farmers and traders through government initiatives. Speaking at the commissioning of the One District, One fact- uh, Factory Rice Processing Common User Facility at uh, in Kwankwanta in the Doma West District. Mr. Ochibevi said the 1D1F policy is working and urged farmers to take advantage of it to add value to their produce. Precious Semerville has more. The One District, One Factory Common User Facility is an agro-industrial factory set up by the Rural Enterprises Program under the Ministry of Trade and Industry. According to the National Director of REP, Kwesia Taenji, the facility is to enhance the value addition of primary agricultural commodities. At Nkrankwanta in the Doma West District of the Bono region, a 7 million cities rice processing CUF with state-of-the-art equipment capable of producing 1.5 to 2.8 tons of processed rice per hour is in operation. Yawadupoku is the facility manager. Bono does about 4,000 a year. 
and this factory is doing about 12 14000 a year yeah so it means there's a gap about two two times the gap so we'll be buying from all over the place not only bono but we will encourage the bono farmers to go into rice farming expand because we are bringing development partners here who are going to help them to expand their farms so that we will not go too far looking for rice. The rice you see here, we brought from the northern region because we are now about to harvest the rice in the Bruno region. But we needed a factory to start working for all to see. We want to do three shifts a day of eight hours per shift. So we're going to employ more and also employ more on the farm. Deputy Minister of Trade and Industry Michael Chribefi commissioned the factory and said they are focused on reducing the burden of farmers through government initiatives despite some negative 1D1F commentaries. It has come to reduce the burden of farmers and also to give them comfort. Now they have easy access to a rice mill. They can bring their rice here to be milled and they are going to get a lot from their, from, from their labor and it's a good thing for us as a ministry because our focus is to make sure that all traders and farmers who even deal in the business of trading are happy and when they are happy we are also happy government in general is so happy so we, we it's a very good venture as a matter of fact the 1D 1F project, projects are doing so well and uh, I, I do interest you to note that we are doing a lot but some saboteurs are just saying bad things about it after inaugurating a nine-month board of directors for the factory he called for support to sustain the facility the ministry has a responsibility the district assembly and the people the inhabitants the farmers they have to make sure that this facility stands the test of time we should, we should not come here next year and see it deteriorating we should see it always doing well i mean people buying from this facility that's what we expect them to do so everybody must come on board for us to develop this project and make it uh, the big venture in the system. The minister also commissioned Domahin Crew Technology Solution Center to provide the right technology to enterprises, spare parts production, and technical training. Precious Semevo Joy Business, Doma. You're watching the marketplace uh, connecting again with uh, Jacob Ajika, who is chief executive of. Uh, uh, Chamber of Aquaculture Ghana. Uh, Jacob, sorry about that. Uh, some tech issues there. But uh, you're making a point about you know, the investment in aquaculture. And I was asking about how significant that would be for production and pricing. I'm mute to Jacob. If then the, the sector receives good Technology is not our friend uh, this afternoon, uh, but thank you so much. I think the points have been well made. Uh, 
Jacob Ajikat, Chief Executive of the Aquaculture Chamber of Ghana. So essentially asking that we take a look at the aquaculture sector as well and invest in it, and then hopefully we're going to see production ramp up from over there. That could uh, impact on pricing going forward. We heard him talk about the aquaculture development plan, which he feels the government has to uh, take really seriously. And so we're grateful uh, for your insights, uh, Jacob. And that's the marketplace. There is more news on our website, myjoyonline.com forward slash business. You can check out the website for uh, the latest stories from over there, myjoyonline.com forward slash business. Transport Minister expresses concern over ferry station at Plando Toko. You can read more about that, myjoinline.com forward slash business. And that's our program. Enjoy your weekend. Seventeen times Ghana has been to the International Monetary Fund for Economic Bailout.